We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our tour of opinions around the Browns buy and the state of the franchise continues today as we have Jared Mueller of Dogs by Nature visiting with us today. We're going to talk about everything offense, defense, and again, I like to put opinions out there different than my own. You've had myself and Andrew give you guys a lot of insight to what we think's gone on, where they're going, how they come out of the bye week. I think this is pretty good to get a tour of opinions I think that matter, and Jared's one of the voices I like to listen to on this topic. So this is our last fresh perspective before we move on, flip the page truly over to the 49ers. Still a lot of mystery around who's going to play in this game, which we'll talk about in this one a little bit. Obviously, can't ignore that topic, but a lot of good stuff in here. Then we'll get to the 49ers starting on your Thursday podcast. Enjoy the latest OBR film breakdown. All right, guys, welcome into the show today. I'm getting here with uh, Jared Mueller. I want to touch base with Jared, usually in the quarterly range, if we can, steal a little bit of his time and um, just go through, again, bi-week thought process stuff, where he is with the team. And, you know, you hear my opinion, you hear Andrew's opinion a lot. I've tried to bring on Pete. I've tried to bring on some other voices I trust just to gather the collective state of the Browns. So, Jared, I'm going to be throwing a bunch of questions at you. You answer it will. You tell me what you think, where you're at with them. Uh, we'll start with kind of a state of where they're at at two and two. I think you feel a little bit worse than what it it probably is because of Deshaun Watson's situation, which we have now less clarity <laughs> than we had before. Um, but but again, uh, as we as we shift into the post bye week reality here. It seems like beyond the 49ers game, there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule, but the 49ers game looms and you still have this weighted vest almost of the Deshaun Watson direction and even not just the direction, the information the team is willing to pass out as we learn more about this thing from NFL insiders than anything else. And then, you know, Brad Stanbrook today and talked to some folks who are connected and there's a, there's a reference to PJ Walker being the guy. So is it, the sky is falling because of Watson, that vibe that hits, uh, and you think that they can rebound, or where do you sit on uh, the two and two start and where they go from here? You know, for me, it's going back to um, when we looked at the season starting out, right? So when the schedule comes out and we look at where the team is, you look at a Bengals, Titans, Steelers, Ravens, 
you know, Niners first five games. And I think most realistic people would have said if they are two and three, three and two, that's probably okay. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just generally how we would have looked at the schedule. And then you come out and you destroy the Bengals and you're like, wait, this is something different. Right. And so, okay. You destroy the Bengals. You lose Nick Chubb and Jack Conklin. You destroy the Titans. And then you get destroyed by the Ravens and Deshaun Watson misses a game, right? So if I start at the beginning of the season and tell you Conklin is out after week one, Chubb is out after week two, Deshaun Watson misses the game. And I told you they were two and two in those four games that we knew that they had. We'd all go, well, that's probably not bad at all, right? But the Cincinnati Bengals game in week one kind of set up a different trajectory in, in many people's minds. You beat the Bengals. The Ravens aren't that good overall. The Steelers aren't that good overall. The Titans aren't that good overall. You should be three and one at this point in time because you beat the Bengals. But the reality is, is if we try to take that big picture look at this bye week and, and the first kind of quarter of the season, I hate the 17 game season for that reason, because I know that's not accurate, but mm -hmm. <laughs> the reality is, is the Browns being two and two and with the potential of being two and three against one of the last two unbeaten teams in the league actually isn't a terrible start for the team. It's just frustrating because the Ravens aren't that good and because the Steelers aren't that good. But without Chubb, without Conklin, and without a game without Deshaun Watson, two and two is something that should be accepted. Not celebrated, unless we're not going to pretend like, oh, great, celebrate two and two. But it should be accepted and thought of as a okay start. If they are competitive against San Francisco with Watson or win, now we start to celebrate a little bit. If they get blown out again, with Watson, we have a lot of concerns. And if Watson's injury doesn't allow him to play, we have a lot of concerns. So I do think like you kind of coming to where we're at right now, Watson's injury really decides a lot, right? Is he able to throw a football? Is he good enough? Or is this an injury that's going to linger with potential to cause harm in some of these easier games after the Niners? Yeah. So the, that's the thing that sort of sits on top of all of this is, is, where Deshaun is and, you know, what they can be with him versus, you know, potentially going through a giant stretch without him. Are, are they built here to, to survive that Jared, if he's out four or five games, can they find a way to be competitive? Or is this a situation in your opinion where he has to play because they, they can't seem to figure anything out without him because obviously, you know, I, again, I think we've talked at least on this podcast a lot about uh, the inability to sort of figure out a consistent offensive structure that makes sense. But then when you, in, in, at least in my opinion, dive into um, the element of having a, a backup quarterback to that, and I think you can make an excuse uh, in at least in my opinion, you can make an excuse for the first one, right? You know, maybe they, they, they can sort of walk away from that. We thought Watson was going to play, so we didn't have a scheme plus. I don't think that was fair. I think that you should have had uh, an answer in place there, but um, you can see a little bit of where they're, they're coming from on that one. So I guess the question becomes, do you think they're good enough to handle these next four without, you know, Watson say for a stretch of those games that's because that is, um, whether we want to admit it or not, that's the very real reality here, man, where this guy can't quite figure out the shoulder until it just takes a long break. And it's, it's something we have to entertain because 
they don't give us any more information, right? That's the that's right. the crummy part. So yeah, d- talk to me about whether you have confidence in them figuring out a game plan around Walker or DTR or whoever would be the long term solution to a short term problem. You know, I don't. I don't. Um, the reality is to win that way in the NFL is very very tough. You need. Uh, you need to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I don't think Kenny Pickett is that good. They can't run the football. Their offensive line has struggles. Their defense is good enough. They have a lot of dominant players. Uh, They can turn the ball over. And every once in a while, Kenny Pickett uh, and George Pickens can make some plays. Deontay Johnson is coming back. The reality is, is while I don't think Kenny Pickett is a franchise quarterback, uh, we didn't see anything from DTR. Honestly, even in preseason, I thought he was putting a lot of balls in places that were just risky and he was just getting away with it. And in preseason, I could give uh, two flying craps about the results. I care a lot about the process and the process just wasn't that pretty. Now, does that mean Dorian Thompson Robinson can't be an adequate backup, uh, maybe a spot starter in the future? No, I think he can be. But the reality is right now. He's not, and I don't think he was that in preseason. He still played better than Josh Dobbs and Kellen Mond. That's a a silly discussion that's being had in social media. But they can't run the football. Their offensive line is not as good as we thought it was. Joel Batonio, we don't know what's wrong with him. Dewan Jones is good at certain things and not good at other things. Um, I think Ethan Poshik has taken kind of a step back from last year now that he got his contract. And we know Jed Wills hasn't been that good. So tell me what we're banking on on the offense. You can't bank an offense on quality wide receivers, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and you know David Njoku and whoever else you want to add onto that list. If you don't have a quarterback to get it, get them the ball, you don't have a run game and you don't have an offensive line. And right now, I'm not sure they have any of those things without Deshaun Watson. With Watson, he is talented enough. He hasn't shown it consistently in Cleveland, but he's talented enough to have a spread out offense, get the ball out quickly. Uh, I know you have pushed it and, you know, I aggregated one of your tweets about uh, the RPO game. I think he can really kind of take that and run with it as kind of a staple in their offense. Otherwise I just don't, they just don't have enough on offense without Nick Chubb, without Jack Conklin, without a healthy Joel Batonio. They just don't have enough identity there to even be the Pittsburgh Steelers even how great the defense has been every week, except for obviously week four. So then you, you, okay. So you're, you're saying they can't be Pittsburgh. Is it, is it the defense isn't good enough or they just don't have, because it's, it feels like you could say they, they, they have a chance. I think some people are sleeping on, on Walker a little bit, right? He has, sure. he has real NFL experience. I mean, he's, he's been a meaningful part of, um, some games here uh, throughout his career. So I guess what what I would ask you is, you know, you don't think they can sort of manage it in, in a way that, that that hovers around it. Like they don't have that DNA the way Pittsburgh does to just keep games close, muddy them up, and then and then take advantage late. You don't see that as an option even without, um, you know, especially especially without Watson, right? Yeah, I just don't know if they have enough of that. They don't have enough of those people that have been in the system for four years. And, you know, obviously it's a new system with Schwartz, a new offense. They just don't have a lot of that foundation that can kind of raise the floor, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense is great. I just don't know if there's enough there. And even uh, in general, in man coverage, you're not getting as many interceptions and pick sixes as you are in zone, right? You're getting more pass breakups. Uh, and some of those kind of things. So I'm not even sure they're set up with the more man that they're playing uh, to get as many turnover, pick six, those kind of things um, as some of those other defenses. Doesn't mean they're not great. 
just don't there's not enough there there on the offensive side of the ball without Watson and without Chubb. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so if they get Watson back, everything works out the way you hope it can. He's healthy, plays this week, and what chance do you give them to beat San Francisco? Where are you sort of at on that um, matchup? Because I think San Francisco presents a bunch of unique challenges. The schedule stuff helps the Browns here, right? You know, the ability Mm -hmm. to get these guys on a somewhat shorter week off Sunday night football and moving from left to right. Like if, so if they're, if they're relatively healthy with Watson, he's back. Do you put them in the top 12 um, and say, you know, with Watson, our evidence is, is this right? Which is a guy who can who can clearly who can clearly add an element to this whole thing. And we look back and we come out we come back to how we felt coming off of Tennessee. We felt pretty good, right? Um, and maybe again that Baltimore game is muddying our understanding because it was so helter skelter. Uh, that's the big thing is right, just kind of balancing the overreaction of a backup quarterback game, uh, really a really a fifth round rookie in a backup right. game versus who they are when they're all right. So when they're all right, do you see them? 
in that top 10 range and, and a real chance to beat San Francisco, or is that still a little bit out of their league in your opinion? You know, just with Watson's injury, I think if, if, if this was week 10, 11, 12, you know, he's, he's kind of worked his way through it. I think I'd have a higher kind of percentage right now. And, and I honestly wonder if there's a Kyle Shanahan do it for the coach. Cause he left PowerPoint presentation, all that junk. Um, I wonder he if hasn't been back here, right? I, I don't think he's been back here. I don't from, think from he's a been Cleveland, back, at least off the top um, of my head. Um, yeah. And so they, I think they were, they were last yeah. in Cleveland in 2016. So he hasn't, at least with the 49ers, I don't know if he came here with the Falcons or uh, or the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he came uh, in either of those directions. Yeah, we'd have to, to study that up. But I think this might be, a, that's kind of a, that's a crummy element. There is going to be some some right. stories that I'm sure he's sharing with those guys this week. And and so, I mean, in the general, you're right. Sunday night football, uh, a West Coast team coming east for a one o'clock Sunday game. There are a lot of things that that benefit the Browns here. Um, I would give them with Watson, I don't know, 33% chance um, in the game. And I think that's that's based on kind of all of those details. I think overall, the way the team is set up, I do believe in the talent. I do believe in them as a as a passing offense. Um, I don't think they the run game both for running backs and the offensive line is going to be their strength. I do believe with Watson kind of playing point guard, spreading the ball around. And with this defense, I do think they can be a top 10, 12 level team. I think, you know, overly simplified, they win the Steelers game. Uh, If he doesn't lead Harrison Bryant just a little too far, Bryant can pull that in or they don't have the other defensive touchdown. Like, this isn't a team that is that far away from being three and one, even if Watson played last week and they got destroyed by Baltimore, but we are, you know, our narrative is a little skewed by the Baltimore week. Overall, I think it is a top 10 to 12 team. I don't think anybody in the AFC North is that good. I think the AFC has some talent, but might not be as good as we originally expected. So if they stay generally healthy, this is a team that should be in playoff contention at a minimum and I think they are a really, really dangerous team as they kind of get clicking and as they're not trying to, um, it's from uh, Sweet Home Alabama, not trying to ride two horses with one ass sugar beet. Like when they're just <laughs> focused on, all right, we're going to be the spread at offense. We're not trying to also use Nick Chubb and, and have a little bit of combination. We're just going to do it this way. I think as they kind of grow into that over the next four to six weeks, you're really going to see an explosive offense that can win with anyone as long as Watson is healthy. What are you most excited about? You know, again, granted Watson's healthy and all of this stuff checks out. Like what's the part of this that you're most excited about seeing second half? Well, really, second two thirds. Yeah. I mean, I think just seeing the defense continue to come together will be really interesting. I think the diversity of, of offenses like the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens do give our defense as it's currently constituted a little bit of trouble and give a lot of teams trouble. Um, but I really am excited to see an offense that in a lot of ways can be will and can be explosive and can kind of dictate a game. Right. And so if the offense can kind of get the score up and running, all of a sudden you can put a few more pass rushers on the field. I'm just looking for that complimentary football where the man covers the press and the blitz and and just bringing in a couple extra edge rushers at times, just how that can really work together in what would be a modern NFL. We haven't really seen that explosive spread offense with creativity. We haven't really seen that uh, in a way that we feel confident that the Browns can win a 45 to 43 game on a regular basis. But I think there's a chance we can see that. 
Where are you at with Kevin on the way out here? Last question. Do, <laughs> do you feel good about him? I know I've been picking apart some of the things offensively that have been um, done here, but uh, I'm just curious where you sit on him now. Um, it feels like we're, you know, we're into this thing. We're deep into four years and um, trying to see if the status quo can be altered any uh, for, for him a little bit, I think is a unique question. So, um, you know, heat checking sort of where some people are on Kevin, I think is an important thing to do. Yeah. Overall, I think um, he frustrates me quite often, but I think as a leader, which is really the most important thing, I think it's really interesting. We end up talking about Kevin Stefanski, the play caller. And yes, obviously he's taking that on and all that. I think as a leader, he is really, really good at what he does. Um, I think at times as a play caller, he really tends to annoy me a lot. Um, And just it's little things, right? It's, you know, the Detroit Lions snapped the ball between Jared Goff's legs to the running back. And they gained, I don't know, three, four, five yards, whatever it was. If that happens in Cleveland and he gains three, four or five yards, it's still, why did you have to get cute? Right. And then Mm -hmm. given Cleveland's luck, unfortunately, that tends to be a one yard loss, right? Or a random fumble and it hit off the the quarterback's leg or whatever. So it just feels like some luck plays out in it. And I think we always have the uh, ability to be outcome oriented in the way we, we process information. But much like poker, the right decision or a good decision is always a good decision, even if it doesn't work out. We are just blessed that we watch a play. Now, you do it a lot. Uh, you go into depth and understand the play much better than any of the rest of us. But we see a play. We see if it works. If it doesn't work, we say it was a bad play. If it does work, we try to give some credit out, right? But the reality is, is Kevin is often putting the Browns in position to be successful and every once in a while frustrates me. So uh, I'm 75% still in on Stefanski, uh, but there are some frustrating times where it feels like he's trying to straddle a couple of things and he's really not kind of going headlong and head first into, into where the Browns need to be. Yeah. Separating the head coach, Kevin, from the play caller, I think is a unique challenge and whether Mm -hmm there even is that ability for the people making decisions about the future of the organization to, to allow him to do that. You know what I mean? Is, is, um, you know, would there be a willingness from them to, to let him hire a specific play calling OC? You know what I mean? I I don't, right. you know, we, we certainly don't want to live in the forced marriage uh, reality here and not calling for that. But, but again, like, did they like him enough as a, as a head coach to say, Hey, you know, we let you make a change defensively that obviously seemed to work out pretty well, but um, there's a lot of, there's just, I think a fair question there, Jared, about Mm -hmm. if, if there's the head coach valuation versus some of the stuff with uh, the play caller, because there's, there's, you know, there's a difference there, but there's also a a challenging uh, conversation to have around, like, could he hire somebody and, yeah, there's just layers. There's layers to that, folks. So this is that's Jared. There's a lot of layers. That's Jared Mueller. I think some great conversation stuff here, man. Really excited to always get your opinion and uh, the health around the team and where they're at and everything. So we will try to check in with you um, as always, man. Within the within the next few weeks or so, if we can, we appreciate your time, buddy. Absolutely, bro. Always good to talk to you. Okay, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Especially thanks to Jared for being here. You guys for stopping by. All the above. So um, check out again. We'll we'll have a little more uh, broad look around the NFL with Andrew and um, um, Jordan Zerm tomorrow. So stop by and check that one out. That's always one of the more fun weekly shows we are able to put together and talk a little bit about 
kicking into how the Browns actually go about beating uh, beating the 49ers in this daunting task. So uh, all of that will be covered. So, again, thanks for being here. Stop by, join the OBR $1 your first month. Rate and review the pod. Check out Jared's work on DBN. Uh, Dogs by Nature, they do a great job there too. So, again, guys, thanks for being here, and go Browns. Go Browns.